This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, friends. Happy Monday. Before we jump into today's episode, I have some thrilling news. For over a year, I've been dreaming up a journal for mothers that I know will help us focus on the beautiful moments in our motherhood instead of focusing on everything that's hard. This journal is called Flex of Gold, and I can't wait to tell you so much more about it in the coming weeks. I have spent months working on the design and production and fulfillment. I've never done a physical product like this before, so this was all new to me, and it was way more work than I ever imagined. But the thrilling news is that my journal is done. And it will be for sale on Monday, November 16th, just in time for the holiday season. Maybe you've seen a couple of sneak peeks on my Instagram or in my newsletter, but I wanted to make sure that I talked about it here so that you know that it's coming. And if you'd like to be the first to know when it releases and get an exclusive 24-hour discount on launch day, be sure you're signed up at 3in30podcast.com slash flexofgold to be notified as soon as it becomes available and to get that discount code. I am counting down the days until November 16th, and I can't wait to share this game-changing tool with you. The concepts in this journal literally changed my motherhood, and I am so incredibly excited to pass those on to you. And now, today's episode, which is number 154, How to Teach Your Teens to Use Social Media Safely. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. As parents, we often feel a lot of fear around the topics of social media and smartphones for our teenagers. For that reason, our instinct may be to pull away from it altogether or do our best to forbid our kids from using it. But today's guest, who's a computer and technology expert, has a bit of a different take on it. Chelsea Brown received her degree in computer information technology with an emphasis in networking and security. She is CompTIA Security Plus certified from the world's leading tech association and was named as a woman changing the tech world today by global app testing in October 2019. Chelsea is also the creator of Digital Mom Talk, an organization that makes cybersecurity easy to implement for moms and families, and she is passionate about empowering parents with the tools they need to teach their children how to use social media safely, to come alongside their kids and learn together how to use social media in a way that enriches relationships instead of damaging them. Social media is something that as a world, we are figuring out together as it's really only been on the scene for the last 10 years. We've had several episodes on this show about this topic, both how to navigate our own social media use as mothers, which is really where I think it starts, actually, and also how to help our kids navigate a tech-heavy world. I'll link all of those episodes in the show notes, and I hope that this episode with Chelsea will add another layer to our ongoing discussion of healthy technology use for ourselves and our children. But first, it's a new month, which means I get to introduce you to this month's sponsor, 
which is one that I hope you are already familiar with because I have loved partnering with them throughout 2020. This month of episodes will again be brought to us by BetterHelp, the world's largest provider of counseling done 100% online. If you've tried BetterHelp, I'd love to hear how it's going for you. Can you send an email to hello at 3in30podcast.com and let me know? I am always looking for real testimonials from podcast listeners who have tried our different sponsors for the show that I can share here on the podcast. And today I have one of those for you. A mom in this community told me that she wanted her young adult daughter to be emotionally equipped and supported as she headed off on an 18-month service mission for her church. So before her daughter left home, they got her set up with an online counselor via BetterHelp, and she had her first few sessions to make sure that it was a good fit. Now that she's off on her mission, she has access to this mental health support if she needs it, and her mom feels great knowing that her daughter has access to emotional and mental health support and tools while she's away from home and family. BetterHelp provides counseling for married couples, individuals, and teenagers, and their licensed professional counselors have a wide range of expertise varying from depression and anxiety to anger, trauma, communication, and sleeping problems. So if you've been thinking about counseling for yourself, your marriage, or your teenager, why not give this super convenient option a try? You can get 10% off your first month if you go to betterhelp.com slash 3in30. That's betterhelp.com slash 3in30. This episode is also sponsored by our family's favorite podcast for kids, Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. Their current season features amazing immigrant women from all over the planet who have changed the world in so many ways. Through this podcast, my kids and I have learned about Carmen Miranda, an acclaimed dancer and movie star from Brazil, Nur Inayat Khan, a princess who became a spy, Elise Guy Blachet, the first female filmmaker in the world, and many more fascinating women. This is a fabulous resource to enrich your homeschool curriculum or your distance learning, or just to listen to for fun as a family. It's our go-to podcast for car rides, and we've even been known to sit in the driveway for a bit after we get home if we need to finish listening to an episode together. This award-winning podcast has been named Best Family and Kids Podcast by the Webby Awards, that's like the Oscars for the internet, and rated the top educational podcast by iTunes. So if you've been wanting something awesome to listen to with your kids or for them to listen to on their own, check out Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls on your favorite podcast player. And now onto the show, here's my conversation with Chelsea Brown. Chelsea, welcome to 3 and 30. Thank you so much for having me, Rachel. I'm so excited to talk about this because it's kind of near and dear to my heart and something that I've been working on with my kids for about 10 years. So I'm really excited to jump in and share everything with you guys. Well, thank you. I'm so glad that you will join us. When I first read over your proposal, when I read the title, I was like, oh gosh, this is going to overwhelm me, teaching my kids how to be safe online and predators and information getting stolen. And then when I read your proposal of how to teach your kids how to use social media, it seemed so doable and approachable. And I thought, oh, I can do this, you know? And so I'm really hoping that that's how listeners will feel when they walk away after listening today, that they'll feel like I can do this, even if they're not the most tech savvy people in the world. Absolutely. That's my philosophy with technology is no matter where you're at with it, it can be really overwhelming. But if we take a step back and we kind of break down the complexity of it and we break it down into these little steps that we can do, 
just making two changes a day can actually make us so much safer. So I'm so glad that you feel that way. And I hope these listeners of yours have that feeling of empowerment when they walk away from this, where they're like, yes, we can do this. And we're not going to be fearful of technology, but we're going to have the tools that we need to really just use it for good. Yes. And that's something that I love about your work and your philosophy is that you do really love technology and you do think that it can be used for good. And so often I think we can shun it with our children and just say, no, never zero. It's all dangerous. It's all bad. And you teach, there's actually so many good things about it. And it's not that hard for us to put some safety precautions in place and to teach them how to protect themselves so that they can get the good from technology and avoid some of the bad, scary stuff. I'm so excited to kind of talk about how to do that. And I really feel like that leads into my first takeaway, which is how we use social media determines what we see online. And I know with parents, one of the apps that's recently come into fire was TikTok. And back in January, I did a little experiment with TikTok because I had a lot of parents asking me about it. And I decided I would put it to the test. So I went through the security settings and I got on the app. And of course, the first day I'm like, ooh, Mm -hmm. this is not what I want to be hearing. And so I just started swiping away from all the bad things. And within one week, just spending 10 minutes a day recording four little videos and uploading them on TikTok, I could go for a full 10 to 15 videos of watching them before I heard my first swear word or before I started seeing these bad comments or before I started getting interactions that I wasn't happy with. Hmm. So for a lot of parents, I want them to hear that experience because that's what we need to be teaching our kids is there's going to be a learning curve as this technology learns what we like and how we interact with that is going to feed into what we see more and more of so that we can have a positive or negative experience on social media. Yeah. So explain more about that, about algorithms and interacting with the app and how that impacts what we see. So the way we interact with an app, everything we do, how long we stay on a picture, how many videos we watch, the type of hashtags we use, what we search, the kind of friends that we see, all plays a role in this really complex mathematical equation that says, this is what this person likes. So if we come across a picture with our kids and we see maybe it's got a word in it that we're not happy with, or maybe it's got people commenting on it that we're not happy with, if we either block it or report it, or in the case of TikTok and uh, Snapchat, just swipe away from it and not interact with it. The algorithm says, oh, that's a negative thing. They're not spending a lot of time with that, but they're spending more time on these maybe uplifting quotes or interacting with this really positive friend. And so the algorithm says, we're going to show you more of this feed. And it happens on any platform you're on, whether it's Twitter or Snapchat or LinkedIn, any platform your kids are on or you are on as an adult, the more we interact with the things that we want to see, liking, commenting, and searching for, the more we will see of that content. Hmm. Yeah, it's so brilliant. I mean, it makes sense that I know that I see more like in the search tab on Instagram. I see a lot more of the things that I'm currently researching or interested in. It knows, it can tell, and it shows me more of that content. And so if we can teach our kids that if they don't want to see a certain type of content, don't interact with it. If they do want to see lots of inspiring quotes, funny dance videos, um, whatever it is that they're interested in that's positive, all they have to do is interact more with those types of accounts. And then the app will somehow magically start showing them more of that and less of the other stuff. 
and this plays a lot into um, Sarah Kanye from BYU just did a really big research project on it last year where she found that the more time people spent on social media interacting with positive content, the better they felt. Whereas if they were interacting with negative content, that's where we started seeing what we typically see with social media, which is the increased anxiety and depression and all the problems. So for parents who are worried about their kids spending time on social media, this is the tool that we need to teach them how to do so that they can have that experience like Sarah saw in her study. Mm, Yes. And so how do you teach them this explicitly about the algorithm and how to sort of manipulate what they're seeing in their feed? That leads me into takeaway number two. And so one of the first things that we do is I will create a family account or either on my personal account, and we will go to the explore page or the search page, kind of treat it like it's brand new. And I will start searching for something very basic like swimsuits. And I know that as soon as we scroll through those couple of posts, we're going to find a picture that is what I call risky. It may not necessarily be inappropriate, but it's probably not what I want my kids to see. And so as soon as we see that picture, I stop and I ask my kids, how does this picture make us feel? Is this what we acceptable standards in our home? Is this how we want to have more interactions in our feeds? And they'll answer those questions. And then the next thing that I do is I have them negatively interact with that. So we'll either report it, we'll block it, or we'll mute it, depending on what platform we're on. And I walk them through that process. And it does two things with that because, first of all, it gets the really awkward conversations that we don't want to have as parents with our kids out of the way. But the second thing it does is it teaches my kids how to, in a sense, protect themselves from this unwanted contact that they may happen to come across. And it teaches them that just because they come across it doesn't mean they made a mistake. It's just the way the technology is working at that time. And we have to correct the technology. Hmm. Yeah, I love that idea of correcting the technology or like disciplining the technology instead of disciplining the child when they come across something that isn't in line with our family values. It's just reteaching the technology what to show us. Absolutely. And I think it's really important for parents to understand that because I remember going back when I was using the internet and we would search, my sister and I would look at swimsuits or shoes or you know, the latest fashions. And sometimes those really risky Victoria's Secret ads would come up or maybe the other things that would lead to more adult mature content that we didn't necessarily want to see would come up. And I remember just hiding it from my parents. I would delete the internet history. I wouldn't tell them because I didn't want to be labeled as a troublemaker. I didn't want my parents to say, well, you went searching for that because the truth was I Mm -hmm. didn't. But what I was searching for led to that content. So I had to learn as an adult how to correctly search for things without pulling up that negative content, which as a parent, we kind of forget that that's a skill that our kids need to be taught. And they're not really taught it in school. They're taught how to do research papers, but they're not necessarily taught how to correctly find their friends online or how to use those tools to be able to create this feed that they want to see that will be able to say, you know what, mom, I found something kind of inappropriate and I wasn't sure how to get rid of it. Can you help me? Mm, Yes. And you've had that experience, right? Where your daughter came to you and asked you, how do I block this person? Or what do I do if I don't want to see this content anymore? We used to teach a bunch of teenagers in our neighborhood and they're 
friends and stuff would come over. And one of my daughters did ask me, she was getting tons of messages. And so one day I just had this feeling to tell her because I had gotten those as a public account on Instagram. And so I just showed them to him and I was like, do you guys get these messages? And I was surprised. Every kid in the room said yes. And so I said, well, do you guys know how to block them? And they stepped back and they said, you could do that. And so I showed them how to do that. And two years later, my daughter came to me and she's like, mom, I still don't get those messages. I'm so excited that you taught me that. I teach my friends that all the time because nobody has taught us that skill. Mm. And just the idea of creating a family account and sitting down with them and teaching them these skills. And you may not always know yourself, but you can say, hmm, I don't know how to block that, but I bet there's a way. Let's do a little research. That's something that I found is there is a tutorial for pretty much everything you could want to know if you just Google it. And there's usually like a YouTube video that'll show you how to turn off settings or change things. And so if you're not sure, just learn right along with your kids how to get the good from these apps and avoid the bad. And that really is into my third takeaway, which is having a clear plan to introduce social media. Because I feel like a lot of the parents and clients that I've worked with over the past 10 years, they come to me and it's really in a sense where we've got this situation, we have to put out a fire because we didn't really think that we needed this plan. And so I tell parents, no matter what the standards are in your home, approach social media like learning how to drive with your kids. You know, you're not going to hand your 14 year old or your 11 year old the car keys and say, okay, good luck. Go, go drive the car. You Mm -hmm. know, you're going to train them. And so create this training process where step one looks like how mature and responsible are they? You know, in a driver's test, you have to be a certain age, whether it's 15 or 16 or 14, you know, depending on your state, the same thing should apply in your home. And you can have a meeting with your kids and say, What do you guys think would be a mature age to use social media? What does that look like on paper? What do your grades look like? And come up with that so you can have this gauge of when your kids start asking for it. You can say, well, here's your little checklist. Are you ready for social media? Are you there where you're ready to accept that responsibility with this adult content and stuff? And then Mm -hmm. you're not a bad guy. It's this constant conversation you're having with your kids because you've already established it. Yes, I love that. And I know your colleagues with Andrea Davis, who's been on my show before, and she actually talks us through the process of doing like a family meeting where you and your kids define together what emotional maturity looks like. And so they kind of have buy-in in creating the standard for when they're ready for a cell phone or when they're ready for social media. So I'll definitely link that episode in the show notes if parents want a little more guidance on how would I do that? How would I have that conversation? But I love this metaphor that you're drawing between learning to drive and learning to use social media well, that there has to be a certain level of maturity, a minimum standard before you even kind of give them the keys to that. Absolutely. And just like you have that age limit, the next step in driving is you have to learn the rules of the road. A lot of parents skip this step because we think of things as common sense. It should match what the values are in your home. You know, if it's not okay to lie and cheat and steal in your home, the same should apply online. And we need to teach our kids the difference of what that looks like so that there's this learning curve of understanding before we just hand them over the app that they want. Yeah. I love the idea of taking the values that are established in your home and explicitly making sure that your kids understand that those things still matter on social media and online. I mean, we see so many adults in the world who 
say things online that they would never say to somebody face to face. So of course it makes sense that our teenagers are doing that, you know? And so it seems obvious, but it isn't that we need to point out to them if we wouldn't be allowed to talk this way in our home or to people, our friends in real life, then we can't do it online. And if we wouldn't lie about our identity or other things in real life, then we can't do it online. And so setting those rules based on your family values and then making sure that the kids understand that it translates no matter where you are, whether it's virtual or in person. And establishing to that line of where it's okay to be private versus lying, establishing Mm. these lines of where it's okay to not give out all your information. A lot of kids don't realize that when they go and fill out, you know, like for a coupon code, or maybe they're trying to win a giveaway or something that they don't necessarily have to enter in their exact address or their exact date of birth or things like that, because that can put them Mm. at risk for identity theft. So going over these learning curves and kind of adjusting it and helping our kids develop this moral compass and this internal filter really helps them learn the tools of the road. You know, you don't just get to go take your driver's test and go for the car. You have to drive with an experienced driver for a set amount of hours. Mm. So I tell parents, this is especially important if you've got, you know, a kid maybe that you butt heads with a little bit or you see a little bit differently give them a family account. And, you know, it can be something that you're the most comfortable with, which is usually, you know, Facebook, um, Instagram, or Pinterest, and using those applications and saying, I know this isn't what you want to start on, but this is what I know the best. So before you get the next latest and greatest app, let's start here. Let's learn the rules of the road, make sure you can do it on your own and work our way up to this app after so many days, so many weeks, whatever you as a parent and family feel is best for that child. Mm. And that's brilliant because you wouldn't teach your kid to drive on a stick shift, you know, manual transition car if you didn't know how to drive stick shift. You'd have to teach them on an automatic if that's all you knew. And so as parents, it's okay to say, I don't know yet how to use TikTok or these other apps. I can learn and I'll get there and I will research because I care enough about you and I want to help you. But For now, we are going to start with what I know, and I'm going to teach you and be right alongside you. We'll have this family account. And I know I love in your outline here that you said, let the children manage the family account. So it's not you deciding what to post. Let them decide, hey, we just went on this family vacation. These are the memories and the pictures that we want to post and the captions, and they can do it all. But you're kind of overseeing and, you know, helping them learn how to do that on this family account. I think that the parallel between learning to drive and learning social media is really powerful when you think of it that way. And what's the next step in this process? The next step is after so many hours of social media, that's where you can introduce a new app. Because going through this process of training ground where they have to, in a sense, drive with other licensed adults gives you as the parent time to research the app, learn how the parental controls work, learn how to filter it, and then you can work through that app that your kid really wants and, in a sense, repeat steps one through three if you need to reevaluate and reintroduce that app as many times as you want so that you're not having this problem and you can talk about, you know, how to do a social media audit and make sure that even if you aren't monitoring it every single day now, but you're monitoring it every week or every couple weeks, you can have this conversation with your kid and say, you know, 
I think you're doing really good. Let's upgrade you to this app and give them that desire that they want so that you're following through with your word and establishing and further emphasizing and building on that trust. Mm. And I know for a lot of moms listening, it might feel like, oh, that's just so much work to learn these apps. But it is the important work of parenting to come alongside your kids in what they're interested in and keep them safe and also be excited about what they're interested in. I have a friend whose teenage daughter really wanted to get TikTok and she was like, well, really? In the end, she ended up loving doing TikTok with her daughter. They would do dances together and post them or she would film for her daughter when her daughter was doing the dances and it became something that she's really enjoyed. So you might just surprise yourself. Your kids might introduce you to new things that might connect you to them more deeply than if you just say, oh, apps, social media, it's all dumb. I'm not going to get involved in any of that. Absolutely. And one of the things that I love to tell parents is what I went through with my friends. We had Facebook come out about our junior, senior year of high school where it was completely public. And we messed up so bad because our parents had no idea what the app was. They had no idea how to use it that a lot of us ended up finding out later we got identity theft. Wow. Because the, the parental controls eventually come off. So we can secure our environments. We can put these parental monitoring apps on these phones. But when they come off, that's when your kids will stumble through the real world. And they have very serious consequences that if they're not prepared to deal with it, that's where I feel like as a parent, I don't want to fail because I watched my parents struggle with that. And they were like, I'm really sorry. Like, I just didn't know how to help you. And I wish I would have had more time to just figure this out and get Mm -hmm. my bearings before all of this bad stuff happened to you after the parental controls came off. Yes. It wasn't like we were bad kids. It was just, we all fell for the, Hey, when a free iPad scam. And it was just something that kids do. So as a parent, it's just taking it that one step further and saying, I know this isn't what I want to do. I know this is maybe just one thing, but that's why I say work one app at a time. Don't just give them every single one work with one and build. Yeah, because I do think that the best parental control ever is teaching your kids. It's not an outside parental control that is sort of put it, placing restrictions on them that in the end will be the most powerful. The most powerful is that you've taught them how to monitor their own safety and to have their own values associated with social media. Because like you said, those outside sources of parental controls will eventually come off. And then what is left if you haven't given them sort of the internal intrinsic parental controls by what you've taught them? Absolutely. And as parents, we don't always think about that because we're so concerned with everything we have on our plate. Just incorporate it slowly. Don't start it all at once because you'll get frustrated and you'll hate it. Yes, yes. And like I said, I do think it's part of like, we all have so much to do as moms, but it's part of it to just slow it down, maybe take something off else off your plate for a little while so that you can help teach your kids this very important life skill that will bless them for the rest of their lives. If you can just slow down your own commitments long enough to give them that foundation, it will pay off dividends. Is that what you've seen to be true? Honestly, it really, truly has. I have seen kids that were, in a sense, like literally ready to go off the deep end, in a sense, you know, just what they want complete control of their lives. And I've come into their homes and said, okay, let's take a step back. We're still going to have parental controls. There's still going to be rules. You're going to be heard. But the difference is, is we're going to teach you how to be safe. 
as soon as we take that approach with our kids, as a parent, if we can stick to that routine, I have seen teenagers go from rebellious and mean and sassy in a period of two months and come back and they're telling their parents, hey, this is what I did today. And I want to show you these things and rebuilding this relationship. And the parents are like, they did a full 180. This is brilliant. Wow. That's amazing. Well, Chelsea, this has been so helpful as moms. I feel like this is something like I can wrap my mind around helping my kids in these ways. It gives me a feeling of empowerment instead of overwhelm. And I hope everybody's walking away feeling that way. And thank you so much for coming on 3 and 30. Thank you so much for having me, Rachel. And I hope your audience really enjoys this and walks away with that same feeling of we can do this. It's not so scary. We've got a plan. Now we can do it. All right, friends, let's recap Chelsea's three takeaways for coming alongside our kids to teach them how to use social media safely and positively. First, teach your children that social media apps run via algorithms that learn your preferences based on how you interact with what you are seeing. When you like, comment, linger on, tap, or swipe on certain photos, the algorithm knows to show you more of that content. Likewise, if you ignore, mute, swipe away from, and don't seek for certain content, that stuff will stop showing up in your feed. This is a super useful tool to teach children so they know how to fill up their feeds and their explore tabs with goodness. Second, before allowing your children to get their own social media accounts, create a family account that they can run with your approval and help. Use the family account to learn together and to navigate the good, bad, and ugly of social media for a while. Which leads right into takeaway number three, have a clear plan to introduce each social media app into your child's life in a similar way to how you would slowly take steps to give them independence as a driver. First, make sure they are emotionally ready and responsible enough to get their learner's permit, then drive with them for a while, then have them drive only at certain times of day or in certain areas of your city, and eventually they'll gain the skills to be fully independent on the road. And obviously, translate that metaphor over to social media, and it makes total sense. Remember Chelsea's point that eventually all of our kids will become young adults and then they won't have parental controls anymore. So it's our job to teach them internal controls and skills so they can navigate the world and social media safely after they leave our homes. If you'd like to learn more from Chelsea, she offers private consultations on whatever your tech struggles may be, including how to make your personal information, family information, and business information secure online. You can schedule one of her Ask a Hacker live sessions by going to her website, digitalmomtalk.com, and I will make sure there is a link in the show notes. Many thanks to all of you, my friends, for tuning in and continuing to do this hard but important work of parenting well. We are all in this together, and I hope you have a beautiful week with your family. Hey, I'm Lizzie Mathis, the host of the Cool Mom Code podcast, where motherhood is your key card to the coolest spot in town. I'm excited to give you a behind the scenes, real talk combo between some of the most influential and tastemaker mamas I know. Subscribe and stay tuned for new episodes weekly on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen so you don't ever miss a beat. See you there.